0: Welcome to this month's Astro Audio. Here we take a moment to engage in the alchemy that surrounds and lives within us. I am your host Safi, a member of asoulcenter.com and one-seventh of Team Ascendants. Without further ado, let's get into it. Raise up, get together, and drive that punk and soul when I say Sagittarius, that focus so East family, um, if you are new, welcome, and if you are a regular returning, hey friend, uh, y'all notice any difference? from my returning folks, y'all notice any difference in my voice, yes, my mic sounds nice, check one, my mic sounds nice, check two, I am so excited, I finally was able to um, invest and get a mic, got us a Yeti. And a whole little system here. I mean, like, I'm decked out now for, like, the podcast. I feel so official. And this is actually the same voice that I've been talking with the whole time. <laughs> so I'm glad that I don't sound like I'm screaming anymore uh, on my evangelical tip of astrology. So this is, this is amazing. And I'm, I'm so grateful for um, Virgo energy. Uh, my Virgo community that came to Ascendance making this possible um, and now being able to share in this beautiful Libra you know create beauty with Libra and we'll get in more into that as uh, the podcast goes on but it's just perfect timing and thank you all for the ones who have listened to me for the last two years without an official mic using my in What is it? The built-in mic on my computer? Like, thank y'all. Y'all really love me. (laughs) Y'all really, really love me. So give thanks. And speaking of giving thanks, the first thing that we do here is we give thanks to the ancestors. uh, And we like to acknowledge someone from the spectrum of the polarities for the actual sign that we're celebrating, which is Libra. Happy birthday, Libras. Happy birthday. It is your time. Um, and happy Libra season to us all. You already know what I'm going to say. One of my favorite seasons. I love all 12. I can't, like, they all bring something so unique and so special and something that we all need, whether you want it or you don't want it. It's here, and you got to take it. So ironically, and so fitting, we will be honoring uh, John Coltrane, and we honored his wife, Alice Coltrane, Virgo season of last year. And I even picked the photo that had Alice Coltrane in the background, this is so fitting because Lib- Libras rule one-on-one relationships and marriage. So, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. So, this Virgo and Libra couple coming together and making beautiful music. So, let's dive into more about John Coltrane. So, he was born September 23rd, 1926 in Hamlet, North Carolina. Did not know there was a Hamlet, North Carolina. All right. Yes, that's where he's from. And he transitioned July 17th, 1967 in Huntington, New York. Now, he was raised in a very spiritual family. His grandfather was a preacher. And his grandfather and father died within a month of themselves. So, like, death hit their home grandfather first, father right at within a month. And sometimes that's really how it be. So single mother now unexpectedly takes her and her tribe and moves up to Philly. So now young John trained finds himself in Philly and all that comes with that good city life. Now, a lot of things happened in between there and then, but he found himself in 1957. He calls that year his spiritual awakening year. He was kicked out of Miles Davis's band for his heroin and alcohol usage. Yes, John Coltrane, heroin and alcohol use. And so... He acknowledged where he was at that moment. He literally went to the family house, locked himself up in a room, and he went cold turkey. He just stopped. <laughs> That's wild. Um, and so he just went ahead and and stopped. And while he was detoxing, he thought that God was going to take away his music. He, you know, it's a lot of things, if any of y'all that have detoxed from actual real quote-unquote hard drugs, or just detoxing to cleanse a liver, to cleanse an organ, to do something like that. You know these cleanses start off very physical, but they quickly jump into the spiritual realm. And so he felt like I may be taking away his love of music during while he was detoxing, and he promised if he could get through this detox that he would use his horn to preach. And of course, that's exactly what he did. He went on to record over thirty albums. Uh, and my favorite things, which is, you know, do 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 Um Uh what's her name? Chris not Christina Aguilera. Ooh, I know she'd probably be pissed if she was listening to this. What's that young girl name with the ponytail? Um Ree uh ariana grande she she went back she gave us a trap version this year or was it this year yeah it was this year so but this is a ode to sound of music if any of y'all are musical fans like i fuck so hard with musicals and sound of music goes hard the sound of music goes hard so he took this um melody and like like tricked it out and it became a really, was one of his first major successes, one of his first big hits. Uh, and because it was the ode to, you know, the sound of music, Europe ate it up and they loved John Coltrane over in Europe. He did a whole bunch um, of touring there and was very, very successful. Now, John Coltrane is recognized to be a very humbled man. And I think that's because of his dealings with, um, Drugs, you know what I'm saying. You you realize when you have any type of addictions, any type of his dealings with addictions, that you know shit can just snatch you up, and it's wise that you stay, you know, on your p's and q's and understand. It, you're no better than anybody else, right? So I really feel like that's where a lot of his um, humbleness came from. But he was very, very, very critical of his music. And so the critics always had something to say about John Coltrane. It was either positive or negative. Either you loved it or you hate it. Some people were saying, oh, my God, this is, you know, high science mathematical equations that he's doing on this horn. Other people were just like, he sounds so angry when he plays. And I think what he, as far as the public eye, he never really led on to how he felt either about it, either way. He just knew he was there to do what he had to do, and it was more about what he wanted to express. Now, I also loved he was a huge stargazer, so I hope this podcast makes him proud. (laughs) But he was definitely a huge stargazer, and he lived with his horn. All of the people who worked with him, they were just like, you never saw him without his horn. He would literally play, get off, practice while they were on break then play, practice while he was waiting for his ride. I mean, there was tons of times people literally said they just found him, he was asleep with his horn. Like he, he, it, 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 it was glued to his lips. He didn't know how to stop. He was in love with this. And he was also a very huge lover of food. So he was one that um, also he got critiqued about his weight fluctuation and definitely later on in life Picking up a lot of weight, but he loved food, which is so on par with being a Libra. He worked with other greats like Alvin Jones and we honored Alvin Jones the same time that we honored um, Alice Coltrane. So all of them work together. You have these two Virgos and this Libra, all three of them, Alvin Jones, master drummer, Alice Coltrane, master musician. I don't even like that word, master, but like great musician, harpist. So all of these beautiful talents coming together and creating wonderful music. So he eventually moved out of uh, the major city of New York and went over into the suburbs, which was really nice. Long Island is where he moved to. And I love how the love supreme came to be so Alice came home or they came home with one of their children and I'm pretty sure this was back in the day where you had your baby and your man won't there so literally in the documentary it says he came (laughs) Alice came home with their newborn child and John Coltrane looked at the child held the child And, like, gave the child back, went to a room, and he locked himself in there for five days. He's good. I think most of—we could all take something from that. Just like, you know what? I'm about to be in here for a second. Like, I got some shit I need to do. And so in those five days, that is where the composition of A Love Supreme came. And if you don't know the song A Love Supreme, I highly recommend you check that track out. The whole album, but check that track out. Um, and so the Love Love Supreme also, which I did not know, and now I have to, you know, research, researching these ancestors, so powerful, but the Love Supreme has a whole point that comes with this album. It was, it, it literally was his ode, him giving thanks and reverence to making it. This man who, you know, struggled with addictions and detox, went cold turkey, and was like... I will make something of my life if you give me another chance. This was, I got a family. I got a whole old lady out here that's obese on these streets. And like, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Like I made it, you know? And and this, the Love Supreme is really talking about, um, and I really am getting emotional, how he, he made it. He made it through and he weathered his storm. And it is a gift. It is an offering, um, giving back to the universe, giving back to God, giving back to His community about the support that He received in this new birth and this new awakening um, of leaving behind His addictions. It's 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 beautiful. It, I can't. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. And so, the last album he would make would be called Ascension. Shout out to Ascendance. (laughs) And Ascension R. And Ascension. Okay, I know a lot of Ascension, Ascendant. That's just a word that stays around me. Um, But that was his last album. And it was a 14-minute improv. Even learning about the making of that album was phenomenal. But in this, he invoked... Um, his spiritual understanding. And uh, John Coltrane was also one who worked with LSD for spiritual purposes. So there are times where he has talked and interviewed um, about outer body experience, astral projecting while he was playing. Like he, he, would, he would play to get to that point where he could see himself playing in his body. Like we talking about that type of spiritual awakening. So Ascension was his last album because in spring 1967 he received the diagnosis of terminal liver cancer and in later spring he would actually transition from that said liver cancer now at his funeral there was no eulogy they literally just read the poem i love supreme now john coltrane and especially learning more about his life right now in this research, has been a role model for people who are wanting to self-improve their life, you, knowing that they can just switch. They can turn the car another direction. It, it, it's I won't say it's as simple, but sometimes it's as simple as just knowing that that's what needs to get done and doing the application of doing that. So he's looked to as a role model for self-improvement, especially for people that have dealt with strong um, addictions, and he is also re- revered as a saint. There is a whole ch- um, church for John Coltrane. I believe it's out in L.A., but, like, literally Sunday service. They they come from the Love Supreme. They play music. He is a whole saint out here. So we give thanks for that energy. Thank you, Baba Coltrane. And now, on the other spectrum of the polarities, we are going to be honoring... Georgia Montgomery Davis Powers. Now, you've got a name like that. <laughs> you bringing it. You were bringing it. That's that's that's, that's this this woman's whole government name. All right. So, she was born uh, on October 19th, 19 19- 23 and i want to acknowledge both of them very cuspy energies like john coltrane just made the libra cut this one is just kind of making the libra cut too before we get into the cusp energy so uh and miss powers was born in springfield kentucky yes kentucky where you at stand up um, and she would transition January 30th, 2016 in Louisville. Now, I met some people from Louisville. And I was like, Louisville? She's like, Now nah, you got to say it, Louisville, Louisville, Louisville. And some people just say Louisville. Like, yeah. I'm going to let y'all, I'm going to leave it to the people from there. But I, I'm going I'm to try to work on that. Because I believe in pronouncing pronouncing things the way the folks there say it. So um, she was the only girl of eight boys and her pa wasn't really about letting her do nothing. You know, her father would teach the boys how to work on the cars, teach the boys how to do this, teach the boys how to do that. And it was kind of like, no, you you just fall back and, and chill, right? So she acknowledged that she had really a sheltered upbringing because her father really was very protective in that way. And she didn't understand why, why there was such this double standard of the boys can do it, but I can't. And, oh, just you wait, how she, she, she turned that around. So... She worked on planes, and while working on planes, one of the supervisors came up and was like, hey, do you want to be an expediter? She said she didn't even know what that word meant, let alone what, it, what the job entails. So she was like, I just asked, what is, does this mean I'm getting a promotion? Is it a promotion what you're asking me? And he was like, yes. So she was like, I'll take it. And she really says this is how the rest of her life was. Just these constant not knowing what the hell she was stepping into, um, but people offering her promotions. Uh, This would happen the same way in her, how she even got into politics. She was at a church, and a church was like, hey, you know, you want to get into this campaign? She was like, no, I just vote. I ain't about doing all this campaign. She was like, please just come. We could really use your help. She was like, okay, well, I'll come. I'll, I'll do a little bit of something. If I don't like it, I'll just leave. Within two days, she was asked to be the chairing person over volunteers. Now, um, she is very vocal about, she did not want to know what she, she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life until she was age 45. And I I think that was, that's really beautiful. Um, from the basic science that we understand, that some of us understand is that the the pineal, the your holy sacral, like your full development. Your pineal gland doesn't develop until you're twenty eight. So asking sixteen year olds and seventeen year olds things like what do you want to do when you grow up is like they haven't even fully developed yet, spiritually. They haven't even spiritually fully developed. So I love that this person is, um Miss Powers is really vocal or was really vocal about Like, hey, I was a late bloomer. I had all kinds of odd-end jobs, and then I finally figured out what it was I wanted to do. So for folks who are, you know, well in their 30s and still kind of like, I don't know what the hell I really want to do in this life, be patient with yourself. It will reveal it to you time by time. Give it time. Give it time. It will reveal itself to you is what I wanted to say. So she ain't know what she wanted to do until age 45, and she said, um... While running other campaigns, she kept her eyes open and her mouth shut. She said while running other people's campaigns, she kept her eyes open and her mouth shut. Now, that's a word we all could use. (laughs) That's a word we all could use. Um, She was there when Dr. King was assassinated, like literally got there a few days early. She was asked to come out. They were talking, you know, she was all around me. And I love she was kind of in this boys club, you know, the way she described the, the setting, all these preachers, all these, you know... um civic leaders all these men and and here she is the one uh feminine energy and they even gave her an initiate like her initials cuz everybody was you know MLK uh JD and so they called her uh GD from what i think or i can't remember but they she got initials she said it was great and she just really loved being around and they were going to go out to dinner and she was literally putting the comb in her hair when she heard the screaming and heard uh, the gunshots while they were at the hotel. And she said, honestly, one of her huge takeaways from... um, knowing and getting to be around Dr. King was that he always made time for the people. He would literally be in the march and like when you're supposed to be, you know, you're the front of the march, everybody looking for you. He would just go off to the side and talk to someone and then get back into the march and get his way back up there. But she was like, it really left a strong impression for her to make sure that she always took time for the people and so um, I found out about her through I Dream a World, which is a book that um, gives the portraits of black women who have changed America. So I'm going to read the sleeve of her bio right here out, out of from this book, excuse me. So in 1967, uh, Georgia Davis Powers became the first woman and the first black person to be elected to the Kentucky State Senate. During her five, four-year terms, she pressed for legislation on public accommodations, fair employment, open housing, and other issues of special concern for women, children, and the poor. She was an active participant in several historic Uh, demonstrations and was one of the organizers of the Kentucky affiliate of the Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Amen. In 1988, she declined to run for re-election and stepped away from an amazing political career. She shares her, she shares the details of that career, including her personal and political encounters with the men. Mm -hmm. In her controversial book, I Shared the Dream the pride, passion, and politics—the first black woman senator of Kentucky. Now I want the T. I need to read that book. You know what I'm saying? See what she was, what she was talking about. So we give thanks to Mrs. Powers uh, and all of her energy that she brings. We give thanks to all of our ancestors, but specifically we're honoring our Libra ancestors right now as well. If you have any ancestors who were a Libra and this time of season, you know, can get a little rough for you. You remember their life, their joy, the things that they brought into your life whether this was your mother, your auntie, your uncle, your cousin, your daddy, your brother, whoever this was, your best friend. Um we honor them. We we send love to you and we honor them for all that they have given us. And once again, happy birthday, Libra. Yes! Now, if you love the Zodiac and you love black and brown folks, we welcome you to check out Ascend.Dance. That is A S C E N dot D A N C E. Ascend.Dance. Ascendance is an invite only monthly party hosted by a collective of seven black and brown people living in New Orleans for adults of all racial, ethnic, gender, and sexual identities who love Black and brown people as much as Black and brown culture and wish to celebrate the Zodiac through the electric music traditions of the African diaspora. So we wish to see you there. And now back to the Astro Audio. Yes, all right. Welcome back. Let's jump into... All that is Libra, right? So, on the website, you see here, you've gotten here all the information. Um, you can definitely, everything that's yellow is a hyperlink go to it, read it. If you want to study, study. This is a great opportunity to do that. Um, there is underneath the Libra poster. So I have these Libra correspondent posters. It can never, it's always something, it will always be something missing from these posters. Like it's infinite the amount of things that can be here. But these little things that I mentioned on this Libra poster are here with, um, here for you to use as tools. Um, Whatever kind of rituals, whatever kind of of things that you need to do, this is a way that you can understand what Libra is doing for this season and you can bring that into your practice or go out into nature and really observe them to me, which is a practice. Now underneath that poster, you're going to see a thing that says documents. You click on that and underneath the documents i give you a step-by-step way of how to retrieve your birth chart from astro.com i am going to be doing a video of that soon so it'll actually be a video where y'all can do that which will be nice for some people who are visual learners of uh, ver- versus people who are auditory learners um i hope i said that right but who learn via words and reading okay Um, so once you get that, you can go ahead and use this and get your natal chart, go get your natal chart, come on back and we're going to jump into all things Libra. So Libra is air. That is the element. We are in the element of air and air rules the mental, the mental, the mind, the, the way that we, uh, communicate. It is, it is, it is our... (laughs) that's it. (laughs) Like, it's so much more, too, but I'm gonna stick and keep it very simple. It it rules air, and air is our thought process. And our thought process... Literally extends itself in the ways that we communicate. This is a cardinal energy. Remember that all of our cardinals are, are our holy days. So anytime we talk about a cardinal, we're talking about one of the holy days. What do you mean by holy days? One of our seasons. It is one of our seasons. Y'all call it seasons. I call it holy days. Um, We're officially in fall. We had Virgo who initiates that and was mutable earth, really telling the earth it's time to go ahead and slow down. We're breaking this thing down. We're going into fall. I need y'all to be more uh, strategic about how you're going to use your energy. It's time for these leaves to go brown. It's time for you to keep your roots warm. Reach out to your brother or your sister tree so y'all can hold hands and make sure y'all get to through this winter. That's what Virgo just did. And now we're in um, the fall. We're Actually, we, we've crossed over and we're into the fall. And now Libra has us really viewing our relationships, and that is because Libra is the ruler of the seventh house. So now that you have your natal chart, if you came here already with your natal chart, anything that's in your seventh house, that is under the influence of the energy of Libra. Yes, and that is why it's so important that we understand that we are all 12 signs. We are all 12 signs. We have all 12 houses. So anything in your seventh house is under the influence rulership of libra now what is the seventh house the seventh house literally governs marriage and one-on-one personal partnerships of all kind so this is an interpersonal thing remember we went through houses one through six you know really getting to know ourselves these are our personal houses Specifically, one through five. You know, we learned one thing. I, I always think about that as as ages. You know, at one, we coming out of the womb. We are intuitively, instinctively ourselves. Two Taurus, we learn to go ahead and start communicating. I call that the the why house. You know, well, why do I have to do that, like You know, parents giving you all the answers. You being very inquisitive. Um, as far as, as, as far as what you want, like learning your body and things of that nature, I kind of jumped. I called G- Gemini the white house. So let me roll back. So we have one, house Aries, right? Intuitive. Two, we're getting our value systems, which is part of that inquisitive nature of like, hey, why? Um... And we're learning how like our body works, we're learning our values. Then we go to Gemini and, and we're getting our first really strong forms of, of education. We're also starting to communicate and giving people what we think um, about ourselves. And then four, we're really understanding our family. Um, this is the house of cancer, tradition, things of that nature, connections, really understanding the dynamics around family, our mothers, you know, being the root of these families. Um, and then we go to the fifth house, where it's like, okay, creative expression. I've gotten all my twos from houses one through four. How do I express myself? Um, we learn, you know, that the the ego, the the part of us that is outside of that instinctual self, so who we really are. That ego gets developed. Then we're in, you know, the the sixth house with our health, and um, and our our habits, our day to day. Uh, habits so it's like we we handle all of that and now seventh house is the first house where it's like well how does all of that work with other people (laughs) like that outside my family outside of the people that I gotta work with you know my co-workers like how does that work with my chosen the people that I choose to be with right this is marriage this is one-on-one um, partnerships of any kind so it's it's that choice you know what I'm saying it's the first time that we're really getting to choose to be partnered with you know we were chosen we, we were giving our family um and wherever you work you just giving your co-workers you know what I'm saying you giving your school you just you this is the school you were supposed to go at so this is your elementary teacher you just giving these things right seventh house is the first time you really get to start to choose for yourself Like, I like them. I want to know more about them. I want to know what they do. I want. I want to be seen by them. I want to be heard by them. I wanna, I want to hold them. I want to continue to see them. Um, I want to work with them because I'm, I'm thinking romantic because you know that was my romantic life. Ow. Um, but you know I want to work with them. I see them how they move in the community. I see they're handling their business. I want to work with them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send them an email out and tell them what I'm doing and maybe we can go ahead and and work together. Like this is the first time that we're we're doing that as far as the astrology is in the seventh house. Now um, people are like, oh Safi, nothing's in my seventh house. It is empty. I looked. I don't have anything in there. Don't fret my pet. <laughs> you have a Venus and Venus is the planetary ruler of uh, Libra. So Venus, go to wherever your Venus is in your chart and this is how you pull in and you work with that Libra energy. And we know Venus is all about beauty, um, and, and art and and it's it's heru, uh, it is Oshun, it is Lakshmi. Those are the names that come to me first and the ones that mean the most to me. Um, when I think of Venus, I think of Oshun, you know, I think of, of, of Heheru. So this is honey. This is abundance. This is beauty. This is strength. This is warriorship because a lot of people don't think about the aspect of Heheru and Oshun and Lakshmi that they will kill you. <laughs> but they'll kill you with kindness, you know what I'm saying? And then if if that doesn't work, then they'll do the sneak attack, and you won't see it coming. You would just get x'd off real quick, no questions asked, because they've tried to give you honey, they tried to be compassionate with you, and they see that that just doesn't work. So I love to think about those aspects of uh Oshun which is also known as Venus. Um, as well. So wherever that is, that, that, energy of attraction, that energy of, um, of beauty of, of this is, that's, that's it. You have Libra. And so find out where your Venus is and you will find out how you pull in Libra. Right. And then any of your planets, that are actually in fucking Libra <laughs> This is where this affects you And some of you probably have charts That are hugely influenced by Libra And you walking around Which you are A sun such and such Right so yeah I'm a, I'm a Leo I'm a Leo And then I look at your chart Or someone looks at your chart And they see that it is ruled by Venus It is dominated by Libra It is hard aspects over into the right hemisphere sphere and in the you know this third quadrant it's like oh baby you libra really runs things in your chart so it's so important to know your whole body Your whole astrological body is what I'm speaking. is because you want to know how these energies are influencing you. And so this week, we celebrated the fall equinox. For those of y'all who did, this is a huge holy day. We're in a cardinal energy. So this is a season where a lot of things are moving. They are popping. They are giddy up and going. They are, that's, that's what cardinal energies do. They get it started. They generate energy. They generate it so we have generated fall and for those of y'all who do not know the three modalities of astrology, we have cardinal, which generates the energy. We have fix, which operates the energy. And we have mutable, which dissolves the energy. So it does this three pattern, boop, 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 boop. So we're right here at a generator. The next one is going to be an operator, which is Scorpio. And then after that, we'll get into Sagittarius, which is a dissolver. So we do that three-month pattern in each season, something that's generating, Operating, dissolving in nature. It is a reflection of nature. When you go out and take your walk, something is always generating, operating, or dissolving. And for many things right now, this is such a beautiful time to really talk to the trees and look at the plants because all three is happening right now. You literally have the leaves that are dissolving, they realize they are not, if, if they want to survive, they cannot sustain the leaves. Um, and so they have to release that. And it's so powerful that we talk about release um, because that is what the fall is about. It's really about releasing what no longer um, serves you, right? But you have to like, we're in this air element to kind of figure out, well, shit, what's not working? Let me think about this. Let me be use my put on my critical thinking map, hat and 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 really look at what's serving me and what's not. And I'm so grateful for this Libra energy because that's what it's here to do, is really help us take stock of of what gets to stay and what has to leave. So this tree really taking stock of what has to leave, these leaves <laughs> have to go. I can't sustain those through winter. So letting go of that, and then we have the fixed nature is that 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 trunk. Is 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 the um, yeah the trunk? That's what they're called. Yes, the whole body of the tree. That is the structure. That is the fixed energy. Like I got you. I'ma hold it down. And in this case, right now, this all switches depends on season. But in this case, um, the roots are the cardinal energy. These roots are digging deep. They are going for cause now they're taking all this heat, all this ex- extra energy that they would be expending on fruiting and flowering and doing all of that good jazz. They're taking all of that energy and bringing it down into its trunk and taking it way down into the roots so the roots can stay um, strong. And if you don't know, um, there's really just one huge tree is the way I look at it. All of their roots, they hold hands. Uh, Roots literally search to find the other roots. So these trees are literally holding each other hand, reaching for a hand, going out to find a brother and a sister, a, a a friend to go ahead and hold on to. So that way um, they are stronger together, right? Unity, they're stronger together in unity. And so that is the part that's actually generating. And we can't see that. <laughs> and that's another thing, you know, about fall. It, it, it's We're starting to get into the m- mysteries of, um, the, of nature, you know, the things that we cannot see. A lot of things are going underground now. Uh, this is the harvest season. So there's a lot of work. That comes with the harvest. Uh, that's what Virgo is. We did a lot of work last season and now it's it's strategy time with Libra. So I like to use examples that are just practical, <laughs> practical, my, my Virgo, uh, Venus and Virgo as so practical um, shit, my Mercury in Virgo too, all right, is that if we did just do all the, we're all farmers, all right, that's the whole thing, we're farmers right now, and, um, we know that we had to get all of our shit in, in Virgo, a lot of our major crops, we went out there, and we, we got it all together, right, did the work, now what Libra looks like is how are we going to preserve the work, right, and, um, that can mean a lot of different things. Are we going to dry them out? Are we going to tincture them? Are we going to pickle this? Are we going to can this? So this is this is the strategy work that Libra is coming with. Um, its polarity energy that it works with is yang, which is masculine. And the body parts that it governs is kidneys, adrenals, skin, lower back, and buttocks. So in this time, this is a great... Uh, Season to do any type of kidney um, cleanses, any kind of kidney that the earth would support the energy supports you. A lot of times people are doing detoxes and cleaning certain organs and they're doing it out of season. It's the same thing when you hear a naturopath say we should eat with the seasons. Um, We should also clean and detox with the seasons. So this is a great time. If you are wanting to do any kidney cleanses, this would be the time to do it. And adrenals. (sighs) I have to take a breath because I'm not going to turn this into an adrenal podcast, but um, I cannot stress enough how if you live in the West or you live in any type of industrial country, you need to be on some type of adrenal support. You need to be on some type of adrenal support. Adrenals, Are literally the things that, um, allow us to know when we need to run (laughs) and, 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 and keep us alive, like run or fight. This is what, you know, that fight or flight, this is where the adrenals come into play. And we would only have to use our adrenals in, in antiquity when that was necessarily like, oh shit, there's a lion. Oh shit. There's a drought. Oh shit. There's like, we would have those times where it was okay. Okay. We have, to, we have to run or we have to fight. But those are far, far, far in between this modern lifestyle that we live now. A lot of us are just stressed on our way to work. We're stressed trying to get our kids where they need to go. We're stressed. We're just stressed. <coughs> we're con- We're a chronic stressed um, country and, and modern society. And so our adrenals are getting overworked. I'm trying to think of the one I use standard process, standard process. If you look up um, on you, Amazon, the other devil, but whatever, <coughs> excuse me. If you look up on Amazon standard process or just Google adrenal uh, support complexes and, and look through some of your options please find one, please start taking one. And and I am not a pill popper, I hate taking them, I always forget. But this is something that we need so we can use while we get our meditative practice together, right? While we get our breathing together, if you're already someone who can deal with stress very well, like it comes to you and it just moves through you, you can breathe it away, you can hum it away, you can sing it away, you have a very strong meditative practice, stillness practice, um, mindfulness practice, then you may not be someone who needs adrenal support. But if you're someone who goes in and out of these practices and find yourself, excuse me, I needed some water. <clears throat> Ooh, yes oh this talking i should have given me some water if you're someone who goes in and out of these practices then um and find yourself sometimes very anxious or anxiety written find yourself in very high a uh, high stressful situations and it kind of stays with you it sticks to you then adrenal support is something that you want to get into. And specifically for feminine uterus bodied folks, this is so instrumental when it comes to your reproductive health. Uh, When our ovaries stop producing eggs, when they say, hey, I'm going into my second spring, which uh, people call menopause, Who takes over for the ovaries are the adrenals. And what happens in modern society is that um, uterine people, female embodied people, feminine fems are having really challenging times going into their second spring, aka menopause, because their adrenals are fucking shot. Like the ovaries say, hey, it's your turn, adrenals, take over for the rest of this life. And adrenals are like, bitch, I ain't got nothing for you. I don't got nothing left for you. I have nothing. So this is what makes going into our, what's supposed to be an amazing time, our second spring, being able to have sex without having to worry about getting pregnant, being able to keep our blood, meaning be able to keep the wisdom become, you know, a, a grandmother, a um, moon, a queen mother, you know, this is, this is a real important time and one that is highly honored in all of our ancient practices. And because of our modern, um, stressors, we are not aging gracefully into that time. So please get on your adrenal support and I'll stop my public announcement there. <laughs> so, um, There's a lot of other things that go on with Libra. I'm going to leave it to you to do some more research and check out uh, some of the other things. I wanted to say, like, some of the roots that just kind of called out to me was burdock because, once again, it relates back to the skin and our skin being our heaviest organ I mean excuse our heaviest our largest organ it's the biggest organ that we have is our skin so really working with certain tonics like burdock of course I am not an herbalist please get with your herbalist um and your naturopath the doctors but here are some of the herbs that are associated with libra aloe burdock dandelion foxglove i want to try that foxglove that sounds sexy mullen which me coughing up right now um i probably need to take some mullen um i've learned from gypsy not to call this passion flower but to call it maypop so you'll see passion flower there but it is maypop and a whole bunch of other ones. Moonstone. I just received a moonstone. I went to a beautiful birthday party the other day and received a moonstone. We have beautiful other crystals up here, such as um, agate, citrine, desert rose. Oh, I have a desert rose just to it me a desert rose. So, <laughs> um, but yes, please take time and go through all of this. And this is some of the things that you want to know about Libra and how it affects you. We'll be right back after this break. Now, if you are like Safi, this podcast is real cute and I'm learning a lot, but I want to know more about astrology, I invite you to go to a SoulCenter.com. That l c e n t e r A-S-O-U-L-C-E-N-T-E-R.com. and the center is a virtual resource hub where we give information that can assist folks in their soul's journey now while the quest for knowledge is natural we want us to understand that all of our answers are within There, we have an astro series that is a virtual astrology class that lasts seven to eight weeks, and it is for beginners and folks who are wanting to strengthen their fundamental knowledge of astrology. We hope to see you in one of our series, and let's get back to this month's astro audio. All right, so... As we head out and get ready to leave, I just want to go over some of our new moon magic with you all. So each season gets a new moon and a full moon. Each season gets a new moon and a full moon. So we are in Libra season and the Libra full moon, it gets a new moon right there in it's season. So that's what really happens is in the season, there will always be the new moon in that season. Um... If you think new moon, new season, that may help you. <laughs> so the new moon that happened for Libra was on the 28th of September. It came at the very beginning of the Libra season. And um, this moon was really kind of chill for me. I'm interested to know, this is what I wanna know, how y'all are doing. But I'm interested to know how it worked with you. Astrologically speaking, it had um, a lot of Uranus feels, so people were saying that um, you know what, give thanks. I'm going to take that back, that A lot of people in the new moon on our 28th could have come up. Some anxious things could have came up because Uranus is playing a factor into that new moon. And Uranus is the planet of surprise, the planet of invention, the planet, but focusing on the planet of surprise. You know, you don't see that coming. It's associated with Aquarius. So some people could have been feeling a little bit of anxiousness around this new moon because they they know something's happening. They know it's changing. They feel feel the shift. And I can definitely say I have felt the shift. I am very much like that old shit I used to do. I don't do that no more. Like I'm, I'm not here. Like just talking about the adrenals. I had a lot of things, um, come and test me at the beginning, end of Virgo season and the beginning of Libra. I mean, hard test, Test testing areas that, um, I just, it was a hard test. And I was so proud of myself because I was able to do the breathing methods and the breathing techniques and really just breathe through it. I was able to be calm and speak to people with clarity and um, not be affected by things that are just visibly understood as bullshit. Like, that's your bullshit. You know, so many people will try to... um, transfer, project, like project their bullshit onto you. And, and it's so important that we realize it's not ours, it's theirs. And so just giving that back to them, like, nope, not here. You take that. And it was such a good tool to use. So while I said I had a really calm new moon, I would say it's not because it wasn't because I didn't receive any challenges. It was because I finally was able to tap into the wisdom of, of how to uh, work with those type of challenges. And it was a little bit of sweetness there, of course, because Venus was sextile Jupiter. So once again, the planet of beauty, um, and fuck, I didn't talk about that, but this is a perfect time, planet of beauty and the planet of expansion, uh, sextiling meaning working very well together, It was kinda like lovey-dovey was in the air for this new moon. So I am not sure what you decided to do for your new moon rituals, if you do do anything, but new moons are a place where you can literally put in your attentions, give your attentions to the spiritual ethers as far as what you would like to see happen, what you would like to see develop, what you would like to see come forth. And then the full moon is when you get your progress report. Your full moon, you get to see, okay, what has happened? What has happened on my manifestation list? What got achieved from my manifestation list? Will all things come to pass? Maybe, maybe not. And the things that did not come to pass, you just put that into the other new moon. You keep asking for these manifestations especially things that are deep-seated that have been going on for a long time that you want to remove it may take some time so please show yourself compassion what i wanted to say was that in um the libra section i didn't acknowledge the tarot cards which is empress and justice and um i love that you know the empress because of the venus oshun had lakshmi um aspect of venus Coming and combining with justice, and how we can, you know, poetic justice, like literally poetic justice. How we can make justice look be beautiful with all of these um, climate marches that are happening. Uh, I think it's really beautiful that a youth is leading this as well, and it's a way of we're we're, we're asking, we're fighting for beauty, for the beauty of the world, right? We're at we're we're petitioning for justice for the beauty of earth. And so I love how this poetic justice and the empress and the justice card work together when we talk about Libra. Now, going back to our new moon magic and reaping the benefits of our manifestations that we asked for in the new moon is the full moon. And this month, our full moon is happening on the 13th. So literally on Ascendance Night, we're going to ride into that full moon energy. And it is in Aries. So I already expect that this um, Libra ascendance is going to be fucking lit (laughs) because Aries is in the mix. So we're talking action all day, action all day. Um, we're talking Mars energy floating in the air, getting it. We're talking high sex. We're also talking about, um, anger, right? So please be mindful of how you uh, deal with your anger, how you express your anger on this uh, full moon. And now the full moon, like I said, is in Aries, and I want to talk about one of its challenges. So Pluto is squaring this uh, full moon that is in Aries. So you have the planet of the underworld, uh, really planet of transformation, the planet of, yeah, transformation squaring this Aries new moon um I'm not no moon excuse this Aries full moon and so really be conscious of the things that you're being kind of you're stubborn about things that you know you need to change that you're not willing to change um and, and, and transform, you know, making sure that, that there's going to be some type of some some conflicts with, with that energy. And so just be mindful of that. Um, see them, acknowledge them, see what alchemy you can do with that. Because on the flip side of that, we do have this full moon in Aries on October the 13th, trining Jupiter, which means that it is working very well. with the expansive energy. So if we can get past the challenges of Pluto that may come up with with our lack of or desire to transform or the transformation being really hard on us, if we can sit in the knowing that that this challenge is here to expand us, here to grow us, we can really do some powerful um, alchemy with this energy. And so um, then what we're going to have at the end of this month is on October 27th, we will have the new moon for Scorpio season. We will then be in Scorpio season um, by then. And so the new moon for Scorpio will happen and it is going to be on October the 27th. And that one really just talks about surprises and chaos happening. Um, A lot of surprises, a lot of things you're not really seeing, things Uh, Leaders kind of being put on stage and really being like, uh uh-uh, we told you Uranus once again, innovation and revolt. So that Scorpio new moon can come with a lot of innovations and a lot of revolts, a lot of more people standing up for what it is that they want. A lot of other people having to take a seat because um, they have been outed. So that is our new moon magic for uh, the month of October and including, of course, the Libra season and the Scorpio season. Now, lastly, are our transits. And as I stated before, there is a lot of um, Scorpio energy that is pouring into this month of Libra. And so Libra is already, you know, really loving on her neighbor, Scorpio. So Pluto goes direct in Capricorn, Mercury enters Scorpio, Mars enters Libra, Venus enters Scorpio. All right. So Pluto is um, the one of the rulers of Scorpio. So that's how we're pulling in that Scorpio energy. Um, and then Mars, again, a ruler of Scorpio. So Scorpio is kind of like playing this role in here, but really working with the Capricorn energy. So work happening like this is transformative work is happening with this Pluto in Capricorn. Mercury really going into our underworld and really thinking about the transformations that need to occur. Thinking about um our ability to shapeshift, uh, really pulling on our spiritual practices, our occult spiritual practices at this time. Mars, you know wanting to get things done and getting things done, but actually being able to be harmonious about them. This Mars and Libra gives Mars a little bit of tender spot, which I appreciate. It's like, okay, we're going to get this done, but I'm also going to feed you. We're going to get this done, but I'm also going to acknowledge your value here. We're going to get this done, but I'm going to dot, 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 some type of compassion, which I really I appreciate Mars when he when Mars can be compassionate. And then we have Venus going to the underworld of Scorpio as well, just wanting to add beauty, wanting to add abundance to the type of transformations to our spiritual practices. I want to do, I want us to be aware of the 27th and that this Mars and Saturn will be squared. So on the 27th, remember that Mars and Saturn will be squared. So that means literally our planet of action assertiveness aggression not being on the same page with how we're learning lessons and how we're supposed to structure our legacy so on the 27th be mindful of about your anger be mindful of how you want to react to something and think about hey like what's my lesson like what 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 lessons does this looks familiar have i been here before Will me acting this way benefit my legacy? You know, these are the type of questions you want to have. Step to the forefront before you just blurt out whatever you're about to say or before you clean off and punch the person in the face or before you, you know, just breathe. Make sure you're breathing on the twenty seventh, and make sure that you're addressing whatever anger or whatever actions are coming up and seeing if they are in line with the structure and the legacy that you are building so we love you we love you so much here at the center we love you so much here at um from ascendance and so happy birthday libra happy birthday libra and happy libra season to us all until next time stay happy y'all stay loved up Stay with your one on one relationships. Take stock of what's going on with them. Who gets to stay? Who gets to leave? Because you are working on some major, major powerful things and they are going to require your attention and require solid partnerships. Love you. Peace. Under the moon and over the sky.